Welcome to another episode of Splash Trash and Mad the G Splash Review Show, where we talk about movies that you might have seen, comic books you might have read, and we review them like this: Splash Trash, garbage. Oh man, that's the rating system. If you don't know it by now? That's how it goes. This is episode number thirty-two. I'm your host Bradley Baxter. This is my man Chris Bucky Watts. I am. Ah, today we're talking season two, Punisher, on the Netflix platform. If you don't know. Uh, lots to talk about with this. Um, it's in a weird stage, right? Would you say that? Would you agree with that? With the whole yes. se- the whole MCU Netflix shit. The whole Netflix Marvel shows. It's just such a weird thing that happened. It's had them all being canceled, and I mean they're in that weird limbo of like, are they going to be brought back and carried over? And there's been interest from the actors, but that seems like something that wouldn't happen. I, I, it's just a real mess. Very fucking messy. Before we get into that, some quick box office news. Chris, I'm very surprised by this. Aquaman is DC's biggest movie ever? Yeah. Is gonna, I, you said you, you're not surprised. I, I'm very surprised by this. This beats out Dark Knight. That whole series was like the best Batman series we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I think that this these lists never adjust for like, it's funny to be like, inflation. But like, the price of movies is different now than it used to be. Um, See, I thought about that too, but I don't know if I buy that either. Because I'm... I mean, what, that's we that's like 10 one years? factor. I think there's a lot of factors to it, but like, uh, it doesn't surprise me that it's their their most money making film. I mean, it's very, it's <clears throat> it's appeals to a lot of markets. It appeals to a lot of like people are taking their kids to see this one, where maybe with like the Dark Knight, they weren't as apt to do that because this were a little bit darker take on Batman. The Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises both had controversial controversial things happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I mean, it's surprising. Those those are very successful films. This one, I mean, it just it makes sense to me the way that people see movies now and how the movie market is. I mean, everything seems to be breaking a record. It surprises me a little, and I first heard it that it already had passed. Like, actually, it didn't I want to say it, would, it surprised me that it passed Justice League and Batman vs Superman? But those movies sucked, and that hurt yeah. people wanting to go see them. And Wonder Woman was really good. People were in a place they didn't trust the DC movies, and then they were like, "Wow, this is really good," but it just didn't have that same like carryover. Unfortunately, I think this one people were just like, "Okay, I know who this character is. I like him as an actor, probably, and I think this will be a fun, colorful action movie. I'm gonna go like wasn't so much like, oh, this movie sucks. Like, I'm like, if it had been a cyborg movie, I guarantee people have been like, eh, I'm gonna wait. The actor too, you think is a, is a, a play in it? People, I think so. I think people everybody really likes like that him. Dude. I think everybody he's super, likes that dude. Yeah, he's super just like likable and he's fun. He has good energy. And in Justice League, he was one of the two bright spots in the whole movie. So, um, did you ever see that movie with him and Jim Carrey? No. Did you know about that movie? What was that movie? No. Called? It was What's a weird. It's like a. It's a weird movie. It might be a comic book too. I probably should know that, but the Bad Batch. Is that what? It, is that it? Yeah. Never <laughs> heard of this. Where it's like it's got uh it's like a butt cheek on the poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got with Suki like Waterhouse, Jason Momoa, Jim Carrey, Giovanni Ribisi, and Keanu Reeves. This movie came in twenty sixteen. I've never heard of it in my whole life. Yeah, that movie I saw that movie. It was it was interesting. It wasn't it wasn't great, but it was there. Okay. It's kinda it's got I what's it got on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Probably not the best. What's it called? What's it called again? It's called. It has a forty-two percent. Forty-two percent. Yeah, the movie was kind of trash. The Bad Batch has its moments, but only thinly written and self-indulgent to justify yeah. its length or compensate for the slow narrative drift. Oof. Okay. Well. But j- anywho, 
Jim Carrey was like it does not look like Jim Carrey at all. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't know that was Jim Carrey if you huh. saw him in that movie, but then like and you looked it up, you're like, oh, I guess it is Jim Carrey. Oh, I so see like, what you're saying. I, I looked up a picture of him. I don't remember if he talks in that movie. Jason Momoa, I mean. He's a silent guy. He just has a I mean, he has like a, a big barbarian kind of fucking presence. Totally. This is just a stretch and I'm being biased towards Marvel, but they kind of tried to take Aquaman and make him the Thor. Mm-hmm. Wet Thor. We talked about that at length. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, we, we did. You're right. You're right, we did. They they gave it the Ragnarok treatment because the first two Thors obviously were darker and like more serious. Absolutely. Which sucked. Which sucked. Anyways, getting back to the main point, I guess my <laughs> thing is it doesn't surprise me that it's already past that because of the movie it is, and finally it's almost like, Oh, hey, remember how you didn't do your superhero movies before you made a Justice League movie? You did it backwards. Well, now you're finding seeing movies that are making a lot of money because and this one's just middle of the road good, like critically. But it's better than all the other garbage you put out that really didn't have any backstory or narrative. We didn't care about the character. Now we're in. So good for it. Good for James Wan. I hope they can keep riding the ship over there at DC and give us some dope movies. I guess our next interaction with them will be Shazam. So fingers crossed. You never know if they're, these movies are tied together at all until you watch them. I feel well, like we know some of them are, but like I don't feel like Shazam is hinted at any kind of crossover. No, no, there's nothing. There's no there hasn't been an Easter egg in the trailer. I mean, like in some of these things, I guess maybe, you could say that they're, you, the obvious one, if you know about the show, about the movie or, or the characters that there's a Superman time. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, I'm sure there'll be something. It's a decent movie or maybe they're just like, you know what, guys, like. Go make a movie and don't have anything like kind of how Guardians was like it doesn't need to relate back to the Marvel Universe we've seen at all. But even they had Easter eggs. They had like freaking the Tesseract Infinity Stones and shit. So what do I know? Well, if you like Aquaman, I didn't. So I thought it was crap. <laughs> Straight garbage. I didn't. I didn't. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Ah, oh, man. Hey, all right. Let's get into some reviews. Man, we're talking. Right. We're talking some bad motherfucker shit right here. This is all I'm just pressure today, right? All Punisher today, season cool. two. Sweet. A lot of, a lot of jelly in these donuts. A lot of jelly in these donuts. My first question to you, you know, maybe we'll touch on some Easter eggs and stuff, but what do you think overall? Um, I, I very much enjoyed it. Yes, I, I, I thought this was up there. This falls right in suit with Daredevil. Which season of Daredevil? The whole series, the series as a whole. I think if I was looking at both one, two seasons, one, two, and three, and then I'm looking at Punisher uh, seasons two, uh, one and two, I feel like they all ride along the same lines. I think yeah. they're both equally dark. They're equally, their characters are equally rich, and mm-hmm. it's also kind of funny because you know that's where we first saw Punisher. I think I would like to put Luke Cage up above it, but I, I don't think I can. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, though, and that first season of Jessica Jones is really good. Yeah, I think that we saw, I, I mean, I would say that the Punisher, both seasons of the Punisher are, for me, right up there with season one of Jessica Jones, season one of Luke Cage, season one, and probably, no, season one, two, and three of Daredevil have all been solid in their own right. I think we obviously, there was some, like, Iron Fist is a mess. Season two of Luke Cage just didn't really have the same like energy the first season had and then season two of jessica jones was just it was good still but it had a couple misses so but i definitely punisher is a very well-rounded series how uh the same way that daredevil is yeah would you give it a splash trash or mad i gave it a splash i really enjoyed it. i couldn't watch it fast enough. 
Yeah. Um, but that said, I still have a lot of complaints about it, but I really did enjoy it. Yeah, and we'll, we'll touch on that too because I got stuff to say about I think we'll, we'll probably agree on, but I, I got to give it a splash too myself. Um, again, I think this is, this is, I mean, he kills the Punisher. What's his name? John. You're talking about um, John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Yeah, dude, he's I really, great. He's just I a really, great yeah, actor. I really like, he plays, he's always played that tough dude. A mm-hmm. little bit of a, he was always an asshole. Some, he's tough, he's an asshole, but you also like love him at the same time. Because like, yo, when you watch him Walking Dead, you hate him. You love yeah, him at like, first, oh, but then you hate him. Yeah, you're like Shane fucking sucks. But yeah, and he makes. But then in the beginning part, you like him, and then also you see like you're sort of you're sort of at the same time. Also, kind of like yeah, I kind of get where this dude's coming from. <laughs> right. Yeah. His whole life, like he. Yeah. He he's been in all kinds of stuff where I've been like, man, this guy just blows me away. I'm like, this is great. I think he's in like the accountant and he stood out in that. Yes. Yep. And he was in a um, baby driver. Yeah. Baby driver. He was awesome. And that he's only on screen for like 15 minutes. Uh, so I think he, I think he crushes as this role. I think that's something that, um, I think that's one of, I'll, I'll say a few of these, but that's one thing I think that the Marvel shows do right. And specifically in this one, I think they do casting really, really well mm-hmm. outside of iron fist. Um, I think that uh, the guy who plays Charlie Cox, uh, who plays Daredevil, I think it's an amazing mm-hmm. casting choice. I think mm-hmm. uh, the guy who plays, uh, I can't, now all their names are falling out of my head, but like the Je- Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, like they're all killer casting. And also the way they cast secondary characters, like the chick that did, plays Electro or Karen Page or mm-hmm. um, Rosario da- Dawson's in there, like uh, Wilson Fisk as uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Like, they do a good job of pulling not only names that maybe some names you haven't heard or names that you are less familiar with, but they pull the right kind of people into play. They they pull the right actor at the right time. It seems like, yeah. like it's not like they're they, just trying they, to they get a big name well. that doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah. Um, they even had what's his name who won. Marshall Ali. Yeah, that he's dude, freaking that dude's great. awesome. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they get. They get good people. They get people that we're all familiar with. And sometimes they'll pull out people we've never seen before who end up doing a really great job. Like one of the bright spots of uh, of Iron Fist for me is his his gal that he that owns the fighting club, Colleen Wing. But her real mm, name is Jessica yeah, yeah. Henwick. You did mention Charlie Cox, but he did come out and say that he doesn't want to play another superhero. So you think that's him saying, I only want to play Daredevil, so make more Daredevil? Uh, he says he's too old. He's not too old. Or that's you, at least what one story says. I don't know. I I, I'm it. curious if they're going to re just re, reboot all these their own way. Yeah, which kind of sucks. But it's part of the merger, I, I suppose, and, and like the evolution where, you know, Disney seems to have everywhere else seems to have struggled and except Disney doing it themselves. That's fair to say. Yes. I mean, well, I, I guess Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is I, it's ABC, but it's still Disney. And all these Netflix ones are filmed on a in abc studios so mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they never gravitated to really connect the two yeah that's, that's really like the weird, big i think that's the big mi- about it that's the big mystery is everyone's like well they dropped the stark lines here and there like they did a lot in this one right there was a few time callbacks to like their stuff they tied in that that world exists but like almost almost in the sense that it exists but they're not a part of it but yeah it could be a completely different world you could be a completely different world, universe with a Tony Stark in it that's not Iron Man. Or I feel like that was the the way they let us on. 
right? Because like the, even the Daredevil season three had the Stark Tower in the background, and like yeah, yeah, it's there. Like, hey, guess guess what, guys? Like, you love all that stuff. This is definitely a. It's like the Lacroix of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, it has a hint of a hint of that stuff. But you could, I mean, one could also argue that like Spider Man belongs in that level because it's all like New York local shit. That's interesting. I mean, but you can't because he's too big of a powerhouse too big of a powerhouse thing yeah but I he's mean, still that, he's still the yeah. local neighborhood friendly so hell yeah oh and although let's get back to punisher um back to punisher yeah it was the uh, season two if you i mean if you haven't watched it we definitely recommend that you do yeah season one was very much like the frank castle's origin his story of like what he lost and trying to get vengeance and on the people that killed his family and this season's a lot more about like they just a different task like Something kind that he didn't for, completely deal with. Yeah, yeah he's kind of trying crazy. to move, trying to move on, and he try, I thought he was doing the right thing. I think at the end. Yeah, I think that I think one. the Punishers are really. It's an interesting character. I mean, I want to get. I want to dig deeper into it, but just on the surface level, to tell people like what season two is. Like season two is just basically he's trying to get out and live a normal life, and then something kind of brings him back into a world where he sort of has to deal with being the Punisher, mm-hmm. and then. Then he's he got this chaos. two thing, a guy that he didn't kill that he should have killed. His, his arch nemesis is doing shit. So he's looking for him, but he's also trying to do this whole other thing with protecting this girl who has, who's being hunted by the mob and this really bad guy and these rich people. So it's giving him kind of two different things to do, um, which was cool. I, I thought that that was a good way. Cause it would have been easy to just make him be repeating the same thing. That said, the show does repeat itself a lot, which is mm-hmm. fine. I get that. Like it's a hard, it's a hard character to deal with, right? Like the other ones are like, are Daredevil's like, well, I'm I'm bad, but I'm trying to be good, and like Luke Cage is like, I don't know, I'm just trying to hang out, and Jessica Jones is like, fuck you. But then Punisher's sort of like, e- everyone's like, is this the moral thing to do? Like, oh, the morality of it. Like every single episode, someone's like, how can Frank do the things he does? I don't know if I can help Frank Castle. He kills people. It's like, oh, at some point I'm like, I'm watching this show. I know what the character is. It's like watching Iron Man 3 and you're like, I didn't pay to see you. I paid to see Iron Man. I, I would agree with you. A lot, a lot of the stuff that you're saying, um, I guess going forward, I'll just say the spoilers because it does start off going forward. This is spoilers, so shut it off if you haven't finished it. But he finds out that what's his name apparently doesn't remember. And you get in that weird twist of like, does he, does he not? Uh, Jigsaw remembers. Yeah, Billy Russo is like, it's because his face got so fucked up. Is he actually had memory loss or is this all a con so he can get out of the hospital? I feel like I let a lot of stuff slide. But oh, yeah. Oh, we, I know exactly what you're about to talk about. And especially I with wait. him. Especially with him. Um, Let's just talk about that right now before okay, we go yeah, any farther. Let's do it. You're right. You're right. Right. The whole thing at the end of the whole thing, and I'll just give context at the end of Punisher season one for everyone who doesn't remember Punisher and Billy Russo, the guy that helped set up his family, get killed his best friend, whatever they fight on a carousel and Frank shreds his freaking face against glass. And he's like, I'm going to let you live so you can live with being hideous. And every time you see, every time you look in the mirror, you're going to know what you did. So then that all is all calling back to the fact that what everybody knew, which is, or what, what he was going to become, which is jigsaw and jigsaw is Frank Castle's nemesis he's like a freaking guy who used to be best fucked friend up really bad yeah. and his face is like pieced together by like in a jigsaw pattern almost because he's got so much stitching so much scarring it looks like somebody tore his face off into pieces and they had to like put it back on which is what happens and like, then he looks like he looks like a, a, a stitched together eric stoltz from so 
so the first two episodes of this of this series, he's wearing this mask and he's in the hospital and he's been recovering. He doesn't remember who he is, and they're teasing you. They're teasing you. Oh, what's under the mask? He's he's grotesque. He's grotesque. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then he takes the mask off, and it's like the biggest letdown ever. Like his no, face this- isn't even that bad. This guy could get a job like as a bank teller, like, and it wouldn't throw people that far off. Like he was this handsome, devilish kind of guy, and Frank really made him ugly on the outside. And then he's got like three light scars. Like I, he should when he took the mask off, it should have been a fucking mess. Absolutely, he should. It's like, like they spent budget on everything else, and they were like, "Oh man, guys, our makeup budget's a little low. Like, how can you make him look like he's got scars, but not like overdo it?" Yeah, no. I, here's what I think it, it is. I that actor I don't like. Um, I'll say that first. <laughs> I don't like. And it may that be his actor's it may, name is somebody him. named Ben Barnes. It may be because of his role in this show, which is very possible. But this is a, a terrible callback and uh, irrelevant almost. But <laughs> for example of it would be like Home Improvement. Okay. Tim Allen's neighbor Wilson. Wilson was played by an actor named Earl Hindman. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't the original actor. There was another actor they had cast for the show, but he didn't want to do the show because they never saw his face. Cool. So the callback to the Punisher with this is like they needed him to replay the role, but he probably was like, I don't want to just fuck up my face. Like, I want people to know that I'm playing this role. It's, so, it, it must have been something like that, right? Where he's like, I don't want to sit in a makeup chair every day. And like, I want to be able to be seen. And I'm an emotionally deep character. And I want to prevent. It's like, no, you're supposed to have a fucked up face. That's the whole thing. Yes. This face needs to be like disgusting to look at. Pussing at this fucking cut. Like still having scars and stitches that aren't even closed up because it's so bad. Like an eyeball yeah. bulging out yeah. or, or, or something. There's a difference between a twist on a character and not fully doing the character. Like 100. If you cast a guy who's 220 pounds, 6 foot tall, and he's the kingpin, you didn't cast the right kind of person. It because you needed someone bigger to that. That's just being lazy in a way. Now, if you cast a 90 pound person in a wheelchair to be kingpin, you could consider that being a twist on the character, someone small in stature who's big in what they do and how they act and their stuff. But this is just like, it was just like, exactly. They were like, oh, we need to have you a a fucked up, really terrifying face. Oh, but you know what? Never mind. We'll just draw some lines on you and people won't give a shit. Well, people do give a shit. Yes. That was an error for sure. And I let it, I think we all let it slide. It was like, okay. And that storyline, he's he's just kind of whiny. He's kind of a heartthrob. Yeah, but then his character fucking sucks. And he's always whining and shit. I I hated that. I'm going to, yeah, he was better when he was like a devious kind of like trying to, in this one, he's just like, I don't remember who I am, but I'm still a villain. And that's why I think they were so much stronger on the other side of the story where Frank's protecting this girl and he's getting yeah. to build this relationship with a daughter he never had and going through this whole thing of trying to protect her from a really cool villain that I actually enjoyed the more the show went on. The holy, the whole John Pilgrim guy. I thought yeah. he was super cool. And then that uncovering things with Russian mobsters and blackmail and, these billion, these two billionaires. Yeah, and stuff. I like, almost, and that that was not the main story. Like that, the top, the whole kind of tie back was like fucking oh yeah, jigsaw doesn't around. remember shit, and like, yeah. but that's the main thing. But you're, the other side of it, where you're dealing with the holy and that whole stuff, like they kind of backseat that a little bit. And I, I mean, they they did have it out and stuff, but it was again, it, have, there was a few scenes where it could you yell at the screen and it, you could fix the problem. Like, oh come on, and I have a lot. This is where I really have a, a tirade about this, which is. 
this show, what these Marvel shows do really, really well. Another thing they do really well, I feel like, is, you know, each of them's 13 episodes and they have a lot of space to fill. And so, yes, in any hour long show, you're going to get repetition. You're going to get people saying the same things and people going through the same motions. Like, should I be doing this or how can I look at myself in the mirror? I killed people like not so much Frank, but like, let's say Jessica Jones or anything. But I think that what they do really well, too, is that they they have made a good cast in the other shows of supporting characters like in Daredevil. You have Karen Page and you have Foggy and then you get Rosario Dawson and uh, in Luke Cage and you get uh, her junkie neighbor assistant and uh, Trish in uh, in Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. I think that when you have these these localized characters like. They need to have that or else the show doesn't make sense. It can't just be them going. It can't just be the hero going battling shit all the time. I think that that's fine and important. But I think that that formula that they put that in, I think that it actually acts as a hindrance to Punisher because that show has a lot of potential. What I was really excited about in the second season, what I thought it was going to be. And this is just me spitballing. What I would have enjoyed more is if the storyline was Frank and this girl traveling around the country to different places maybe for two or three episode arcs trying to do things to solve who's trying to get her and they're on the run from the pilgrim guy and they're trying to get here and there and the other thing but the problem i think that this formula that the marvel shows had was they said well in the first season we were very localized in new york city like all the other heroes and uh we built this whole relationship with uh dina and donnie and we built this whole relationship with curtis and we built this whole thing with billy Rousseau. so it felt like with the, they were always dragging us back. It was always, hey, you liked what just happened for a half hour? Okay, now we're going to jump back to Russo and his therapist in New York. Or even worse, like, uh, Frank's not even close. He's in, like, he's, like, in Wisconsin or, or Minnesota, and there's this whole thing for three episodes, and, and then it's like, nope, you're coming back to New York City. Like, that's because that's where you can interact with Curtis. That's where you can interact with Madani. And that's where you can interact with... The, and it's at some point, it was kind of like... Why did I why did you feel like you had to do that? Because you gave us these characters? Because in the same breath, Gizmo is not even in the second season, nor is he mentioned. So I think the Punisher works better as a roving character where he could just say, Hey, Down it's me and this girl. We can build this awesome relationship and this rapport, almost like let's say the first three seasons or four or five seasons of Supernatural. Of like, we can build this rapport while we're also on the run. We can, we're going to get separated. We can meet people and have relationships. I mean, he has this relationship with the bartender for one and a half episodes. And I was like, I hope he goes back to her because I thought, that I, was thought a, I thought that was a thing too. I was like, that why was would a they cool not go back? character. Beth. Wasn't it Beth? Yeah. yeah, Beth. And and it's like, for me, that was one of the things that during the whole show was holding me back. And it wasn't necessarily, that I feel like it was a waste of time because I really did authentically enjoy the show. But every time I'd be like, you know, this is great and all, and I'm so glad Curtis is here, but he feels like he's just a sounding board for so Frank can talk to him about how bad he missed his kids, and he can say how, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. You can't do this anymore. It's yeah, like, that got repetitive. Change the show. Change the yeah. formula. Have him, have him be in Wisconsin, or in, they have to follow the Mississippi all the way down to Louisiana, and they're fighting people in the bayou, and then they got to head over to freaking, they got to fight cartel guys to get some information or some shit, or she gets captured by cartel. Like, give him different enemies all over the place to fight with different characters. You can develop a bigger relationship with a new villain. You could even have this, you could still keep this Billy Rousseau story and just have it be like, 
he's he's coming, he's coming on his own and he's remembering and stuff. But and then instead he's coming, like, and then no. he's like trying to find Castle. Yeah, that would be. It was good. like they said, "Hey, remember what we did in Daredevil season two, where the first half of the season, the first six episodes were Punisher, and the second six episodes were the Hand. Let's do that, where the first four episodes are him and this girl on the run, and then the not the last nine, he has to be in New York City trying to fight Jigsaw, and it just it held me back a little bit. It started off really strong in those first four episodes. Yeah, Billy Russo and the fucking doctor. His therapist that falls in rocks. love with him, and she has scars, and I mean, it's I, I know rock. what they're that, doing. That whole story is the same thing they did last season, except it was like more it is. stupid. Yes, it's very um, much like repetitive. And I will say that all that said, the Russo storyline paid off for me in every single way. When and spoiler alert, when Frank kills him in the last episode. Because that show is based all about this whole idea of like, which I think is a strong part of the show, especially season one, like brotherhood and what like what the things you give up when you go into the military and how you try and find those when you come back. And th- mm-hmm. that's in this season, too. But like this whole idea of that. And then at the end, like this bleeding to death jigsaw is like dying and he makes a call because he doesn't want to die alone and he's scared and he just needs somebody to be a brother with him one more time and frank walks in and i i was a hundred percent convinced that the speech the monologue he was going to give to frank was like i'm so sorry and i wish i had been better and i i made mistakes and now i remember you and i'll never forgive myself but instead he starts on it and frank just pulls out a gun shoots him twice the chest and walks out like it was nothing and for me that was it saying that's a great example of the character in uh in frank that's a great example of this whole buildup we had ending with a razor cut. And also it kind of was fan service because I feel like a lot of people like you and me watch that and they just go, I don't give a fuck about this guy. Like, can we just kill him already? Like, I don't have the emotional connection that I had with him maybe in season one that I do now where I'm like, he's just a whiny bitch with some cuts on his face. So the fact that Frank was like, fuck you, boom, 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 I'm out. Loved that. I, I agree with you to an extent, but I feel like, I feel like I would have been a lot happier had that been like episode six. Oh yeah, you know what? That's an that's an amazing point. The fact they saved that for the very last twenty minutes of you, the last I, you episode. Already, you, knew, you knew he was gonna die somehow. Like you knew someone was gonna pop him. That would have been great. I, I I would even right then that whole thing I gave earlier that probably would have mended some of those fences if they were in the first three episodes dealing with the girl. They had to come back to New York City, balance these two. He's fighting a war on two sides. Kills him in episode six. That storyline's over now. Then we get the last, mm-hmm. let's say, let's say it's episode eight. Then we get the last four or five episodes all about these freaking people, these billionaires and the pilgrim guy. One thing that I feel like is good with balance too in these shows. And I mean, as much as we like to see nonstop action, like I want to see people just fucking fighting all the time. Like, I think the fact that the, they made the, the Russo and Frank not be a fight. Like the fact that he, the, the, they, they shoot each other one time in a thing and Frank kind of gets beat up a little, but then it's just, I'm going to walk up and shoot you. I think that that was good too, because we get such an epic fight with John Pilgrim when they're in the junkyard, just mm-hmm. beating on each yeah. other. And, the, See, and an hour before that, they'd been in a huge shootout. And like, I, I love that. I like these two guys that believe in, that are so pure in their beliefs to something, even though they're different things going at each other to the absolute end. I think where the part where I would have really loved Billy Russo to die was when Frank pops out broad daylight, rocking the Punisher vest, and oh, in the street, but the street fight. Yeah, because you're throwing Billy in that move where like, oh shit, that's the only thing I remember was a skull. But Frank, mm-hmm. oh, Frank's here, and he's like stunned for the moment, right? It would have been just great if he was just like 
popped him. It's like because he's stuck in that moment. Boom. So yeah. like, like he had this kind of new scheme where he was gonna like get away and like all that shit and like. No, it didn't work out. And it just was stretched too thin because I was also fine with like the shootout where he actually had set Frank up and did the whole thing where he made him think. Yeah, he I was, was okay with better that too. Him. I like that. Okay, because it was like I found a way to psychologically break the Punisher and make him actually think about his actions. But then they could have just compressed it to right after that episode. You could have had the whole thing with Madani figure or Madani figuring out that the therapist in on it, pushing her out of a window, shooting him and him getting away. And then you can end that whole storyline. That's the thing with these new Netflix shows is, is they have a lot of time to fill and that's exactly what i think yeah is. and i don't know why that is i don't know why they feel like they need to do 13 episodes when you can do it in 10 nothing's wrong with a tight 10 i mean the 13 episode hour episodes so it's yeah you and know I, the, they're not I, like it blows my mind the mcu characters aren't getting this and they still have plenty of screen time so you're not making you're spending more money to create more filler to stretch and there must be a reason behind it i know there must but it just feels like hey you could have made uh, instead of it being a really good show in 13 episodes, you could have made a fucking great show in 10. The other issue with these Netflix series, and not just the Marvel stuff, but I think overall, that Netflix's formula is to drop everything on one day. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of like a regular show that's on television where it's right. once a week. So yeah, where they miss out on yes. where where they miss out on is um a show that's filming or that that come is being released every week is by the time it airs the first say three episodes it's still filming so right. versus by the time we see the first episode the entire season's done it's done like they're wrapped it's over it's finished i know exactly so, what's going to happen i could watch the last episode right now exactly so uh, where they're missing that mark is the ability to adjust mid-season and change like what people are like oh people didn't really like this character and it's like lingering on too long or they really like this character and we were going to kill him off. Let's keep him like, you know what I'm saying? Like they can't rewrite. You can't make those adjustments. Yes. And those adjustments are hard to make regardless, but it's more than just being like, Hey, here's 13 episodes locked. Perfect example is like walking dead with Daryl. Daryl was supposed to die like in the first couple episodes, but everybody loved Daryl. Daryl was still on the show and is like the only guy left on the show. So yeah, He's not in the comic books. There's no correlation. But they kept him in because he's a fan favorite. You can't establish a fan favorite if you drop the entire season. Or, like, you can't give somebody that. Like, for instance, Beth. Beth. Beth was a perfect example. They could have, oh, shit, people really liked Beth. Uh, Yeah, let's have Frank go back. You know? Yeah. They could have made that adjustment. My question was, too, you know, the, the end of the show. Because the other ones had already been canceled they'd already started that process and i was thinking mm-hmm. to myself as i'm getting to the end of the episode i said are they going to tie this with a nice bow like like he sends the girl off she's going to be safe they have a really nice awesome moment together i thought that's great and i'm like my bet was i said earlier but that the our last shot was going to be him going back to that bar because he had formed kind of this little quick relationship that he even talks about in the show like i didn't see that i didn't see it coming i thought i was always going to be so like hanging on to the ghost of my wife but you know, this this woman happened to me and I thought it might be like, I'm going to go back and try and settle down and make a new life because this show's ending like there's not going to be a season three. And I wondered if they were in debt, but instead it was well, a different direction where it was kind of like, all right, he's still just being the fucking Punisher. Well, there's a couple of factors in that. I agree with you. The thing with season two that was really great was one. Frank tends to fall in love again and yep. which he didn't think he could. 
And I and guess then, there's the whole there's the whole Karen Page thing too that people really want to see more of. Uh, yeah. So I, I take that back. They're not two. There's three things here. You just brought up a great point. Uh, but the the second one is he got to be a father again. Yep. And then the third one was he got to see that people do care about him. That's true. And he didn't need to ride alone. Like he had people, even Madonna. He's like she, as much as she hates to fuck with him because she can't cross the line that he can. Like. She still has somewhat of she put him she put him up in her, her apartment. So yeah, she I mean she's the one that brought him there to deal with the problem. Exactly. So or Mahoney let him go. The guy that was like, I'm gonna bring the Punisher down. It's like, man, the Daredevil gave you being a detective, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, that character's on and off with me. I'm like, I can't tell what. But by you're the end, to he do. was like, yeah, this dude didn't kill me. He's got his own code, and we're all just gonna have to fucking live with it because no one's gonna stop him. Yeah. Um, and Which then, was my favorite line from the show. And it was such a one, I feel like uh, it was like maybe even in this series it was too long, but if you had made it in a series that was a weekly, I don't think it would have paid off the same, but because I was watching it so fast because people binge, like I think it's in the third episode or the second episode, maybe the third one when they're held up in the police station. And it's the first time Frank talks to Pilgrim and they like, they like walk out and they're talking to each other. And he says, uh, the Pilgrim guy says those who, those who sow the wind reap the whirlwind. And it's kind of like this thing, like, I'm going to like, I like, we're about to destroy you. Like you think you can do this. But then the very last episode when he beats him and he's like bleeding on the ground about to die, he says, you're the whirlwind. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, that's a killer line to write 10 episodes apart. Like that, like that's hard to catch even for me. And I'm really paying attention. Yeah. I think the thing that we're dealing with here is, uh, Netflix has a lot of fillers and a lot of time to fill. So you're kind of stuck in this realm of. No, yeah. They're, they fill time. Filling time. I don't know. One of the things that really bothered me or the thing that I noticed and I was like, really? Was the product placement with Coke. Oh, yeah? The, the first four, like the first couple of episodes is like a very heavy, all the way up until prison, I think it is. When they're in that, the jail, or not prison, but jail cell. Mm-hmm. In the cut, in the country, or whatever. Yeah. There's not only tons of talking about Coke. Yeah, there's a whole thing like trying t- to get a Coke out of the machine and having a Coke and holding the Coke and drinking a Coke. Yeah. Like, Gotta make that money somewhere. It really, really bothered me how blatant it was. Like, it wasn't even trying to hide it. Like, it, uh, Punisher's a dark motif already. Right. So, a red can's sticking out. Sure. Yeah, they were pretty heavy with it. Me. Somebody's got to pay I the like bills. I, I was, I was wondering if I was the only one that noticed that. I noticed that there was some coast. I mean, that's the thing. With movies nowadays, like it doesn't surprise me. That's a great way to get money to fund your film by freaking chilling. So it's always has been. That's why you see like product. I mean, it's been around forever. Product yeah. placement. And, and you go back in a lot of movies, you'd be like, oh, shit, they're really highlighting this. But yeah, definitely it's funny how they try and work it in some places. And they're like, okay, our contract was for the first three episodes. We were really going to highlight Coke. So fucking hit them hard, boys. It just seemed like they weren't that creative. With yeah, they were like, oh, he like trips over a full. Co-. He's like, damn it, yeah. a piece of Coke. He's like, oh, you want a Coke? I got you a Coke. He's like, all right. <laughs> like, he draws his gun. He's like, damn it, it's a can of Coke. And then he has to throw yeah, that dog again and shoot the guy with the other hand. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't throw a Coke can. <laughs> he throws a, <laughs> throws a Coke can while he grunts. It really leans yeah. into the character. I really like that about it. 
Uh, oh man, with his grunt. <laughs> now we we've talked a lot of shit about the, this show that we just called. There are Splash, there are so issues let's... with it, but at the end of the day, it is super enjoyable. He's a great actor for this. The part. fight the scenes. fight scenes in the Marvel shows are beautiful, and this one especially. Like they are brutal. You know that bathroom scene in in the oh, was it the first very first episode? episode? Very first episode. That whole bar no. scene. He like freaking gets in three different fights in a fifteen minute span. Like. There's a great one in the the thing where he has to like battle his way back from almost getting killed at the bad guy's clubhouse. There's a scene mm-hmm. with the one with him and Pilgrim, like I said, is just a knockout, drag out brawl. The one with one with him in the gym, he goes to the Russian gym, has to fight those dudes. He beats that guy's Yo, face. Yo, the Russian in. gym. Oh my god. Beats his face in with a yeah, when, two and a half pound weight, like brass knuckles. This is the one thing they did absolutely correct. Was like they did not hold back. No, it's br- it's br- it Frank has Castle being the Punisher. And throwing that gore in there, like 100%. You don't get that. I think um, that there are, I mean, obviously he's a Marvel Knight, but like, I think with Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist, particularly, you know, their fighting style isn't particularly violent. Like, they either use strength or brute force or like martial skills to knock him out. I think they tease it in, right. in uh, Daredevil because, you know, he's using like a baton and he's fighting some pretty like dark underworld people, so he can really lay a beating on him. But like, both seasons of the Punisher and his time in Daredevil season two, like it is a all out drag out. Like when there is a fight it is not just, okay, you guys are going to punch each other for five minutes. And you're going to go through a wall and you're going to get a bloody nose. It's like your fucking eyeball is going to be hanging out. He's going to cut this guy with a knife and all of his intestines are going to fall on the ground. And then as soon as this guy's trying to get away, he's going to pull a gun, shoot him through both his knees and blow his brains out of his head. Like it's very Punisher. Yeah. The other thing I really liked too, was like his quick, uh, like there'd be like one guy who's been shot, but he's like still alive. He's like, no, yeah, he you're dead. You're I mean, dying. He's thing. like, they stick to that. They have they, all the other characters are always concerned. Like, how can you do this? This, like, this is who I am. This is all I know how to be. And that that lack of remorse. He's like, I can kill people like you can't. And it's not just some line that he's like, look how badass I am. Like I can do what you can't. But then he comes through. Like he'll just walk the room and just like, shoots guy, shoots him in the head. Doesn't doesn't flinch. Doesn't matter who it is. He doesn't miss a beat. Like he's like, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Everybody's dead. There's a great scene at one point when there's a bounty out on them for five million. He's walking down yeah. an alley, and these six these yeah. six guys come out and they're like talking shit to him. And he's like, you come with us, but come with us, man. Like, look at count. There's six of us and one of you. Before he even finishes, he pulls out his gun and shoots all of them. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. Jesus fucking- Christ! <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up. That scene right there is fucking Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. The thing I got to ask you, though, Chris, what is your favorite fight scene in season two? I think it's a, I think it's that's tough. It's probably the the bar scene, actually. I think that's the most choreographed, like the bar fight where he's fighting all these people. No, maybe not. I'm just going to go with my gut, which is I really enjoy that last fight with him and Pilgrim in the junkyard because they're already both like beat up and hurting, but they just keep coming at each other. There's just blood everywhere. Yeah, I think I mean, that's definitely a, a tight niche one where it's like in the pocket. In like close combat, yeah, it's like there, yeah, well, that's true. I gotta, I, I, it's either that that bathroom scene in, that bathroom in the first cool. episode, or um, or that the gym scene, the gym scene. I think that that's what something that Punisher or that uh, that uh, Daredevil did really well to start was like these really highly choreographed, really beautiful. Like that one in season one is a steady cam shot that lasts seven and a half minutes. And then in season three, there's a 13 minute fight. That's an all out brawl. And I think that they, I think they've done a good job of categorizing the heroes by what they are. Like a 13 minute fight with Jessica Jones probably wouldn't be like, I wouldn't really be like, okay, cool. That's like a little over the top with the powers that they have or like, 
But seeing it with Daredevil ju- just being like, we're going to freaking fight. And then with Punisher being like, I'm going to be just as bloody as you. And I think that's something that our, not our culture, but like pop culture in general, we've gotten more accustomed to not just seeing our hero be have to fight injured, like let's say Gladiator, where he gets stabbed in the back and he has to fight. Like we're okay in certain parameters seeing our hero be absolutely destroyed. Like we see that in like the John Wick movies is a great one, or these things where like we want to we I want to see that he gets the shit kicked out of him because that makes it better when he comes through. I mean, there's not a scene, there's not a fight scene that he comes out of where he's not just where his wrecked. his face is not covered in blood. Yeah. If he, if he's fighting, he's gonna get bloody in it, and he's fine with it. Yeah, oh man, when he's hitting that dude with the weight though, and he's just freaking <laughs> pounding him, pounding him, pounding him, pounding him. It's like, good God! And then you like, you, and then when you see his face, he keeps going, and you're like, oh no! And then <laughs> oh no! <he's> going. <laughs> oh no! And that then, guy's poor face. And then I look. I remember the when it shows the last like, you still want to do this? And he's like, no, no, I'm good. I think I'm okay. Yeah. I think I, oh no! Uh, you know what? Actually. You know what fight scene I absolutely loved that I forgot about was the one where the where Pilgrim fights the neo-Nazis. He comes back into town in New York because he hasn't been here in a long time after he got out and he had taken he was part of the neo-Nazis and he had taken money for a drop, but that he never came back. And so, like, you know what we got to do? So all these dudes roll into the thing like the main boss Nazi guy and then like six other guys. And he just like murders all of them. I don't remember this. That's scene. the one where like in the like he comes up and the guy, the big guy hits him. And then uh, one of the guys pulls a knife and that's where he gets that crazy cut in his side. where you can like see one of his ribs. But then he takes the uh, knife and he guts a guy. He stabs a guy through the head. He like this is this is the way the first time we see him get his ass kicked. Yeah, because like the whole rest of time he's been very quiet and calm and he can shoot. But this is the one where like he's getting yeah. punched around like he gets there's one part. He gets his like head smashed into the he puts his head on the table and the guy punches his head while it's laying flat on the table. And then he turns around, does it to the guy like, and he comes out of that with this whole, like just absolutely wrecked. And that's how he gets hurt. But like that fight scene too, that wasn't even our main hero. That was a villain that we start to see go down a different path to where that by the end, you're like, he's not really even a villain at all. Like he gets to go free and take his kids and Frank helps him. But like, in that scene, it's him being like, Oh, I came back and this is what comes with it. I got to deal with my past. And he just murders those dudes. You just brought up another thing that reminded me. I really like, much like the Billy Russo scene where he comes in and sh- caps him. Is, uh, oh, hell yeah! The very end with the two. The very end when he just pops the old woman. Dinner. <laughs> that yeah, I. Hmm, that woman was a little over the top, but I get that was what her character was. Yeah, they were supposed to be these crazy zealot evil people, and the fact that she like goes for a knife and just gets her brain splatter over the wall. Yeah, she gets Frank castled. And the whole time uh, we're watching this show, when they're having their big fight in the junkyard, all I'm saying is like, I just keep saying, no, like he's already gone down this path where he, the bad, this pilgrim guy understands that he doesn't, he's not doing this for anything. These people are controlling him. They're using his two sons as hostage. Even though they were helping him, his wife's gone and they were using him along the way anyways. Now they're just going to kill him. So the whole time they're fighting, I'm like, you guys should probably be on the same team. And then he has that line where he's Super squad, about team up. To, like, what are you doing? And then he's like, oh, yeah, my, you know, just make sure my sons are safe when you go and kill them. And then it's like, oh, and as soon as he put the thing down, I was like, all right, they're going to go wreck together. And that he, was that was that was the Martha moment. Yep, that was absolutely. And you know what? It was a way more believable one because he wasn't saying oh, for sure. Martha, what he was saying was, hey, you're going to kill me and that's OK. I deserve it. But just so you know, when you kill these people, make sure my kids are OK. Like, I don't want you yeah. to spare me. But he spared him anyways. And that's great. 
And then he got, yeah, he got his kids back. And let this guy go on his own. And they don't have like a, they don't have a weird salute. He doesn't give him a head nod. He literally walks out. The shot goes off. He looks at him for a minute, grabs his two kids. They get in the truck and drive away. It's not some like come to Jesus moment. It's like, you let me live. I'm going to go live my life somewhere else with my boys. Let me get the, yeah. Loved I'm gonna it. Go and I think whatever. Uh, there are things that were wrong with it and things you can call on any of these shows. But overall for me, it's a splash because it brings a lot of really good elements together. And when I was finished watching it. I was like, that was awesome. I would watch that again. Yeah, I kind of don't want it to go away. It it hasn't it hasn't officially been canceled yet. Um, it's coming down the pipe. I think they're trying to get a squeeze of season three. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, but if Disney's dropping this year, I don't know if that's going to happen. Can can somebody do a better? It is. Let me give you this example: Is this actor playing the Punisher? Is he? giving the character the Christian Bale Batman performance. Hmm, interesting. I mean, I think that <sighs> where we're always every every Batman, no matter who it is, like we we love Michael Keaton. But Christian Bale is, but even for the faults he has, is. he's the best all around Batman. He's the best Batman. I think that yes, I think that I think it's just like anything else in life with these characters. It's it's something it's I mean a Dolph bar. Lundgren played fucking Punisher <laughs> and was I, I think it's a bar that with all of these characters is meant to be broken and meant to be jumped. I think it's with some characters, it's super, 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 super hard. Like I think finding a uh, Tony Stark, that's not Robert Downey Jr. is really borderline impossible thing to do. I think that we, uh, we went through three, we went through two Spider-Mans before we got one who actually, yeah. I mean, I think Tony totally McGuire, especially in Spider-Man one and two and in three for his credit. Like I think he was great and very unexpected to be a uh, Peter Parker. You could get behind, but, but he wasn't the, you know, and we thought that was it. And then you get Andrew Garfield who sucks. And then you come back and you get Tom Holland. Who's now the, I would consider the best one. So uh, you never know what's going to happen. It's the same thing happens with Wolverine. Whenever they recast that and make other Wolverine things, it's going to be big shoes to fill, but there have been circumstances where those shoes get filled and they're filled really well. Punisher is a great example of them trying and trying and trying and not doing maybe the best job. I like Thomas Jane when he played him in the Punisher movie from like 2005 or whatever, but he wasn't a great Punisher. And then I really liked the casting of, um, uh, I can't remember what his name is right now, but he played him in Warzone. Um, mm -hmm. He's one of the, I know you're talking about. he's one of the guys in Thor's crew. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought he was like uh, he was a really good Punisher. He was stone cold. He was the Warzone comic book Punisher, like absolutely terrifying and didn't really feel. His name is Ray Stevenson, uh, but but I think that then finally we got this guy, and I don't think I think that John Bernthal has set the bar to that level of for the character, not in the same ways, but the same level you see with like Robert Downey Jr. or Hugh Jackman or Chris Hemsworth, like where it's going to be very big, very hard to beat that kind of portrayal. Yeah, I think um, I think Netflix nailed it with their, we, like you said earlier in the show, they nailed it with the casting. And I don't think, I think every person that's played a main character in all of these uh, series, minus uh, Iron, Iron Fist, Fist yeah. which I don't think is his fault. I think, it, I think, they kind of got lazy with the writing and they just, yeah. they kind of they had an opportunity to do together. something different and they didn't. Uh, but it, I, would you, would you rank defenders better than justice league? Well, that's tough. There you go. I, I think that those, my instinct is automatically to say yes, but 
in fairness, that's because Defenders had 10 episodes and they had more time to develop characters and they had shows that came before that led up to that. Not they didn't just have one sh- movie and then they drop it on us or two movies and drop it on us. Like, I think that it gave us time to know those characters and be a part of it. I think that, that one had a lot of weaknesses, but I think that it was also very enjoyable to watch. Ah, see, I would counter that and say that Netflix had the harder challenge to fill more time. Well, that's true, too. The time thing is, I mean, because you can just make a big blockbuster movie and with one story like Justice League did, but it felt hollow and it missed so many marks. I think Defenders, I mean, if I, if you said pick a pick a superhero team up thing you want to watch, you want to watch 10 hours of this or two hours of this, I'd pick the 10 hours every day. You know what's funny? If you, if you flipped them, they probably both would be better than what they uh, a better result than they came out to be. Mm-hmm. You gave Defenders two hours, two and a half hours. That's what they should have done with Defenders. It made a movie. Yeah, because then there would have been so much time to fill where it's like, can you guys just be on the same fucking team already? That's why I'm watching the show. Yeah, we already know who the fuck you guys are. Yeah, I'm not this. And I'm then, not new. And then if you gave Justice League like 10 episodes, 10 episodes probably like, maybe you guys could develop these characters and maybe we could know who they are. It couldn't just be like, yeah. hey, you want to hang out? You want to hang out? Let's wreck shit. Oh, wait, this villain sucks. Well, let's keep going. Wait, your name, your mom's name's Martha? Mine too. Hey, remember wow, when we be- had that whole Martha thing in Batman vs. Superman? We should be friends now. We're together. Oh, man. All in all, Punisher's a splash. Yeah, I agree. We both said it. Definitely watch it. It's a great series. It's gritty. It's intense. It has some parts, but just like any slow burn show that we're all used to nowadays, there are minutes that need to be, there's some time that you feel like is being filled with air, but there's a lot of really amazing stuff that you will be very satisfied if you like crime shows, if you like, uh, um, I guess just American crime is what you would call it, and superhero stuff together. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great show. Uh, definitely check it out. But this is what we do. We rip them apart, we tear them up, and then we love them. We'll still see it. We'll still hope. I'm still hoping for season three. It hasn't been canceled yet. There's no official word. Fingers crossed. Although, although I don't think Defenders ever got canceled either. No, they were just like, ha, 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 They're like, we're not going to make another one, but we're not going to cancel it. We're not going to cancel it, but, it's, it, but mm, it's not going to happen, guys. We're going to cancel everybody who's in it. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, maybe it could still happen is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Mm. Netflix. Netflix. Uh, let us know what you're watching on Netflix. Should, should should we do a? I think we should probably do a fire episode. Yeah, fire festival episode. Oh yeah, I watched both those documentaries. We should definitely do, Yo. talk about that. God damn! Not to get yeah. in now. We'll do an episode. We'll do a splash trash about them. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned if you haven't checked out our main show, G Splash. It's immediately following this one. It's about the 63. Super Bowl today. We're talking Super Bowl, and uh, I'm I'm out here in Atlanta. My man Chris Bucky Watts is out there in Idaho. Woo-hoo! We are tearing down the country one storm at a time. But I'm telling you, there's lots of stuff going on in Atlanta this week. So definitely, if you're in the area, check it out. You're passing uh, through. Sneakers. Yeah, if you're cruising through, Get grab it. Grab a yourself Nikes. a <laughs> <laughs> grab yourself a Coke and uh, come down and make some Nikes. Uh, Chris, any last words before we get out of here? Love it. List it. Keep it. Got it. <laughs> uh, I will say work it. Do it. That's what we do. We finish each other's sentences. Bang, bang. All right. We out of here, baby. See you next week. Peace.